Man went to the doctor complaining of severe headaches and shortness of breath. He said, I don't know what's going on. This has been going on a long time. It's got me really concerned. It seems as though I'm always struggling to breathe and my head never stops hurting. The doctor examined him and he finally asked him this question. He said, well, let me ask you something. Do you smoke? And he kind of hung his head and he said, yeah, the truth is that's my worst habit. And he said, I, I smoke a good many cigarettes every day. And he said, well, then you need to stop smoking and that'll probably make you feel better. It was hard, but he did. A month or so later, he called the doctor and said, you know what? I've done what you told me to do, but I'm still not feeling good. My head hurts all the time. I can't catch my breath. So the doctor sent him to an internist. And the internist went in to put him through all kinds of tests and evaluations. And finally, he just finally got down to, listen, I'm going to tell you something. It's your diet. He said, you eat way too many fatty foods. You don't eat regularly. It's affecting you, and you need to just get down to this healthy diet. And if you will, then I promise you, you'll feel better. So he did. He gave up all the things he really loved and began to eat stuff he didn't like. He lost a lot of weight, but it didn't help him too much. He still felt bad. Head hurt all the time. He couldn't catch his breath. So the doctor said, maybe what we, the internist said, maybe what we need to do is send you to a physical therapist. There may be something that he can do for you. So he went and the therapist checked him out and he said, you know what? I, I think the problem that you're having is that the, the physical pressure at work is putting unnecessary strain on your back. So he changed the way he did things at work, but it didn't help. It still hurt. So the physical therapist said, listen, I know a friend who's a psychologist. Maybe there's something going on in your head that you need to kind of figure out. And so he went to the psychologist and he questioned him about the stress that he was feeling at work and at home and in, in his life. And he admitted, I'm under a lot of stress these days. So he said, what you need to do is get out and exercise more and you need to find some new ways to relax. But it didn't help. He went back to see this man two or three times. And one afternoon he was on his way home from the psychologist. And he stopped at his dry cleaners. And he began to tell the owner of the store what was going on. He said, you know, I've been to all of these doctors. He said, I'm even going to the psychologist. And they're all trying to figure out what's going on. All I know is this. My head hurts all the time. And I can't catch my breath. And the dry cleaner said, well, I know your problem. He said, if you would stop trying to cram a size 18 neck into a size 15 shirt, you'd probably be all right. <laughs> Sometimes the answers to our problems are pretty simple. All you have to do is change your shirt size and things are going to be better. But usually it's a lot harder to find the solutions to the problems in our lives. What do you do when the problems you face seem overwhelming? What do you do when you feel like you've run into a brick wall? What do you do when things are, when you're struggling in all kinds of ways? Where do you go to find the answers? And you know what I'm going to say. Because after all, I'm the preacher and the preacher is supposed to say, when you're dealing with problems and struggles in your life, you just need to go to the Lord and he'll help you. He can meet your needs. He is sufficient to make you whole. You have to turn everything over to him. But here's the question. How do you do that? That is a good answer. That is the right answer.
That is the only answer for all of the needs in your life, but that doesn't answer the real question. So how do I do this? How do I give everything to the Lord? How in a practical way can I turn my life and my problems and my burdens over to Christ? Well, the answer is found in that little scripture we read together just a few moments ago. This morning, I want to take time and I want us to discover what the Lord has to say to us. Because he's the one who tells us, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. This morning, I want to talk to you about those times when you're going through struggles and burdens in your life, and you need to know, how can I trust the Lord? And the first thing the Bible tells us is this, you have to trust his power. First Peter says we are to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Under God's mighty hand. It is important that you remember we worship a God who is mighty to save. When I'm going through struggles, when I'm facing obstacles, when I'm not sure where to turn uh, next, I need to know I belong to a mighty God. People today are struggling with so many issues, physical problems, personal problems, financial needs, unexpected difficulties, problems at work, problems at school, problems in our nation, problems in our world. It may be that you came to church this morning and while you were driving in, you were thinking about how to solve the problems you're facing in your own life. If you're facing big challenges, you need to know this. You belong to a big God. When you are having problems, whether they're personal problems, whether they're physical problems, whether they are spiritual problems, you need to know your God is sufficient. He is sufficient for every need in your life. Your God is bigger than anything that you're going to face. And we need to remember that. You need his mighty hand. A little hand is never going to be enough. A weak hand won't do it. You need a mighty hand. And the Bible says we have a great God who is mighty to save. And nothing you face is going to take you beyond his power to redeem. Never forget that you belong to a mighty God. I love the description the Bible gives in Zephaniah 3.17. Listen to what the Bible says. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one, will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. When God led Zephaniah to give us those, uh, those words in the Bible... He was dealing with some very discouraged people. They were seeing all sorts of evidence around them that the world was going into decay, that things were changing all over the world, that their own society was beginning to crumble. They needed a beginning. In fact, what Zephaniah really was going to say is, and God is sending a solution. His name was going to be King Josiah. That has nothing to do with this morning's message except to say God knew what God was doing. And to these discouraged people, Zephaniah simply said, your God is in your midst. 
He is a mighty one. He will save. He wanted his people to know you can trust in the power of God. One of the things that we need to always remember in our lives is that God is not separate from us. God is not apart from us. God is not unable and weak. God is mighty to save. And you can trust in his power. But not only that, Peter tells us this, and you can trust his plan. Peter commands us to humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. What does it mean to humble yourself under God's hand? You know, that word humble is a word that we struggle with sometimes these days because we think, well, if you're going to humble yourself, then, then that means you've got to put yourself down. You've got to act as though you're worthless. You've got to make yourself less than nothing. But that is not at all what the Bible is saying. To humble yourself means one thing. You have settled who is in charge in your life. When you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, what you're saying is, I've made a decision, and that decision is, Jesus Christ is the one who is in charge of my life. Humility is the opposite of pride. Pride declares, I make all my own decisions. I'll handle my own life. Humility says, Christ is in charge, and he will do what is right where I am concerned. He has a plan for me. The Bible says we have to place our lives under his mighty hand, a position of surrender. As human beings, we hate that idea. We hate that idea of surrender. I would rather be the one who is in control. You know, at the end of the Revolutionary War, British General Cornwallis was forced to admit Britain's defeat by the Americans. He was the one who had the job of admitting that the empire had not been strong enough to defeat the revolutionaries there in the colonies of America. And it was his job to surrender. And in those days, the symbol of surrender was that the one who had lost the war would go to the victor and give them their sword, yield their sword as a symbol of, I understand you won and I lost. History tells us that when Cornwallis was to surrender his sword rather than going himself, he sent one of his assistants, one of his adjuncts, to surrender his sword. Why? Because he did not want to face the fact that he was going to have to yield. I understand that feeling, don't you? I can get just that hard-headed in my own life. I don't want to admit that anybody else is in charge. I don't want to surrender. And yet the Bible tells us if we're going to experience God's solutions for our lives, we've got to humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. Let me tell you something this morning. Jesus Christ is not interested in relating to you as an equal. He requires you to surrender to him. 
He's not interested in saying you and I are on a level plane and we can negotiate with one another. You have to settle the issue that he is Lord. He's the one that's in charge. Let me tell you something. God has a purpose for your life. From the day you were born, from the moment you were saved, he has always had a plan for you. Sometimes in ways you didn't even recognize, he brought people into your lives, placed you in situations, provided opportunities. And as long as you're actively seeking to follow his leadership, you will find yourself right where he wants you to be. But you have to surrender. God has a plan for your life, and it begins with this. You yield to him and then he will guide your life there's no greater frustration in the world than to choose to reject his guidance and go your own way because when you do you recognize his plan is not at work in my life Things are not turning out the way I thought they would. And when they do, it's not very satisfying. And I know something is missing in my life. I need help. And that help comes from the one who is the Lord. The hardest and most liberating words you're ever going to speak are these. Lord, I surrender. I surrender. Humble yourself. Trust his plan. Then the Bible tells us this. And remember, you can trust his perfect timing. He says, when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, then he will exalt you in due time. At just the right moment. Nothing will challenge your faith more than trusting God to do the right thing at the right time. It challenges you to believe God knows just exactly when things need to take place. God knows what he's doing, and I'll trust him. Sometimes it means acting today when you'd rather wait until another time. Sometimes it means holding back when you really want to act right now. The Lord wants you to know that the when uh, uh, is every bit as important as the what in the plans of God. The when is every bit as important. God knows what he's doing. How many times do you grow frustrated with the Lord because you thought, man, I thought he would jump in and give me an instant answer, and instead I'm having to wait. How many times have you said to God, now is the time, and God said, not yet. Not yet. And yet God wants us to know that in his time, in his way, he has a plan for you. And in those times when you're tempted to think, God's not there, God's not listening, God's not doing what he ought to do, you need to recognize God's not saying no. God is saying this is not the time. Because trusting God's timing means trusting God's wisdom. Remember what the Bible says in Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
There have been times in my own life when I've tried to force God's hands. There have been times when I have doubted what he was up to. But I can tell you this, when I have waited on the Lord, his due time has always been perfect. And it always will be. God will fulfill his plan in your life in due time. Don't forget this. If you're willing to put your life under his plan, neither holding back nor rushing ahead, the time will come when he will lift you up. The day will come when you will look at the things you've been struggling to understand and the times when you have been frustrated obedience and you will say, now I understand. I wish I had time this morning to say, to this congregation those of you who understand exactly what I'm talking about I want you to get up and talk about when God taught you that lesson in a powerful way because there would be folks all over this room who would say exactly that I didn't understand what God was up to there were times when I wanted to rush ahead and he held me back there were times when I wanted to hold back and he pushed me forward and I had to learn trust God's timing It's always perfect. Now I know what God was doing all the time. Now it makes sense. Now I understand. His timing is always exactly what it ought to be. And then Peter tells us this as we continue to learn how to trust the Lord. He says, you can trust his compassion. Casting all your cares upon him. Listen, that word casting, it indicates violent, decisive action. When you cast your care upon him, it doesn't mean you just kind of slide it forward. It doesn't mean you just let it kind of creep its own way in. It is talking about the deliberate, personal action of saying to God, help me. I cast my cares upon you. To cast your care on Christ is put all the weight of your burdens squarely on the Lord. Not hesitantly, not fearfully, but decisively. Lay it on the Lord. John Maxwell tells the story of a time when he was carrying all the weight of the world on his shoulders. He felt as though he could not carry another ounce of stress in his life. He had burdens everywhere he looked, burdens for his family, burdens for his church, burdens for people he loved. And he thought, it's up to me to carry the load. He was determined he was going to be up to the challenge. He said, I will carry this burden even if it kills me. And it was. So many burdens were wearing him out. He said, that was when I realized, I don't have to be big enough. This is about Jesus. It's not about me. And he put his burdens on the Lord. His testimony is that releasing the load onto Christ freed him up to truly follow him. 
I know what he was talking about, don't you? Those times in your life when you feel as though I've got to carry all the load. I've got to carry all the load for everybody I know, for everybody I love, for everything I'm supposed to be. If I don't do it, it's not going to happen. It's all on me. And I also know what it's like to feel that crushing burden of I'm not big enough to do everything I need to do. And I understand what it means when you cast that burden on the Lord. When you throw it onto him, when you let it go and recognize this really is all about Jesus. Listen, here's some amazing news. Jesus Christ does not expect you to be big enough to handle whatever comes. He just doesn't. Instead, he wants you to cast your cares upon him. That's why one of my favorite Stephen Curtis Chapman songs resonates every time I hear it. His strength is perfect when my strength is gone. He'll carry us when we can't carry on. Raised in his power, the weak become strong. His strength is perfect. His strength is perfect isn't it good to know you can put your burdens on him I don't have to be strong enough his strength is perfect then most of all Peter tells us this trust his love why should I trust the Lord why should I lean on his power his timing his compassion there's nothing I can do to talk you into trusting the Lord this morning. All I can tell you is what the Bible tells me. It says, trust the Lord because he cares for you. He cares for you. Your name is written on the palm of his hand. He'll never overlook you. He'll never turn away. There's nobody you can trust more when struggles come your way. If you haven't heard anything else that I've said this morning, hear these four words and let them resonate in your life. Are you ready? He cares for you. Whatever you may be going through, whatever you're experiencing, wherever you need to turn, whenever you feel inadequate, when you feel as though you're overwhelmed, when you need somebody to be there, when it seems as though nobody else is around, he cares for you. It's not what I think. It's what God says in his word. And it is rock solid. And you can trust him. Take him at his word. He cares for you. And maybe you're here today and you're lost. You don't know Christ as Savior. And you think, you know what? So God really doesn't care what's going on in my life. He cares for you. And maybe you're here today and you're burdened and you're thinking, I just wish I knew that somebody was there for me. He cares for you.
Maybe you're here today and you need a fellowship of faith that you can be part of. And you're just thinking, God wants me to be part of what he is working on at First Baptist Church of Birmingham. You just want to come and become a member of this place. Because this is a place where God is showing you he cares for you. He knows your name. He has a plan. He is more than adequate for every struggle. Will you come to him? He cares for you. Let's stand together. Let's sing our hymn of invitation.